In this episode, I will be talking about a book that helped me maximize my time without actually overworking myself. Hi, I'm Dave, and welcome to Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. The book that I'll be discussing is called The Art of Stopping Time by Dr. Pedram Shojai. So let's dive right in to make the most out of our time. Time, the most precious resource on earth. We need time to do everything. It's the ultimate resource. Unfortunately, time is also in very short supply. From our demanding work to endless social media feeds, it's like everything and everyone wants to take our limited time away from us. This actually reminds me of a quote which is not in the book. We seem to be doing more and more every day, but achieving less and less. Let's take time to reflect on that. Anyway, in this book, you'll be able to find out that you have more time than you think, why you're losing more time than you need to, and what you can do about it. The book mentions that what we get out of our time depends on three things. One, how we spend it. Two, how much energy we have. And three, how mindful we are. First is how we spend it. A question to ask ourselves is, are we doing something interesting, useful, meaningful, or pleasurable with our time? If the answer is yes, try thinking of looking at the output of the action. For example, going for a run, more endurance. Working on a side hustle, more money. Reading a book, more knowledge. Looking at other people's lives on social media, envy, I'm not really sure. See, you get the point. The second is how much energy do we have? If we are pumped, then we will be able to spend that time productively. But if we are exhausted, we won't be able to enjoy or do much. Hence the zoning out from time to time. Lastly, the third factor is how mindful are we? The question we need to ask ourselves is are we paying attention to what we are experiencing? If the answer is no, that means we're losing that hour. In reality, we can't actually stop time, but we can get more out of it and stop losing so much of it. A good way to think about your time is to picture your life as a garden. I know the pandemic has made most of us take care of plants, so maybe most can relate. So in this garden, we are trying to grow some plants, and each plant is something we want to cultivate in our lives. Our career, health, relationships, hobbies, and anything else that is important to us. But here is the challenge. Our life garden has limited space, room for only about 5 to 10 plants. And on top of that, we have limited water. So our water is our time, energy, and attention. So for example, if we don't pour water into our career, it will never grow. On the other hand, if we put too much water to it, it will prosper at the expense of our other plants such as our hobbies, careers, and relationships. This might sound bad, but be wary of letting new plants into your garden. Remember the book mentioned that we have limited space in our garden. Let's say an old high school friend tries to rekindle a friendship, but you have nothing in common anymore, and you just spend time with them out of politeness. That's time that you could have spent elsewhere. The same goes for books you've been reading for months just to finish it, the online class that you lost interest in, or a project that you've realized that it's not going to be as awesome as you thought it would be. These are weeds that take away space and water from your life garden. 
So it's okay to drop them. Again, it's okay to drop them. Think about the opportunity cost. Speaking of weeds, chances are you already have a lot of weeds in your garden. Harsh as it may sound, just pull them out. At the end of the day, it's all about resource management. The key message here is to get what you want out of life. You have to conserve your time, energy, and attention. Let's take a break here. Here's a quick exercise so you can take action. Think of all the weeds in your garden. What can you do to keep them from growing or coming back? You can write it down. Here's a personal example. I feel the need to reply to messages and emails right away. So what I wrote down was, I don't need to feel guilty of not being able to reply to people, especially when I'm busy watering my plants in my life garden. By the way, I posted that on my Twitter at Daily Habit, just to remind myself. And you can do the same. Write it down and post it on your social media with the hashtag Art of Stopping Time and hashtag Daily Book Club. This will help you be accountable for your actions and even help others to do the same. You can even go further by tagging your friends. Okay, back to talking about the book. Let's now talk about investing our time. If you've studied anything related to business, you've probably heard of ROI, or Return on Investment. It basically measures how much return you get on the investment you put in. And the bigger the return, the better the ROI. What's important here is the strategy. Strategy is what you choose to do and what you choose not to do to achieve something. For example, we have 15 minutes and whatever we do there will always have an outcome. Let's say your goal at the moment is to improve your fitness. You can walk, which will improve your fitness by a little bit. Or you can do a high-intensity workout and improve your fitness more than walking. Or smoke cigarettes, which does the complete opposite of everything that I just mentioned. So if you're looking at fitness, the best ROI for your time would be the high-intensity workout. The choice is yours, and that's the point. You've got to decide how to use your time. Always remember that you're putting in a certain amount of time into one activity or another, and you're getting something else in return. At this point of the book, I was thinking to myself, do I really have that much choice in how I spend my time? And you might be thinking the same too, with all the work, deadlines, groceries, and the list goes on. But still, the book says that we have a lot more freedom over how we spend our time than we think. Yes, some obligations are imposed on us by reality. We need to feed our pets, go to mandatory meetings, pay our bills in time. But if we listed down all the commitments of time we currently made to other people, events, and activities, we'd see that a lot of them are just that, commitments that we are making. If a coworker sends you a meme or fake news, you don't have to have a conversation with them. If a friend invites you on a beach trip, you don't have to go. If you join a community or a club, you don't have to stay in it. You choose to do these things, and that is great if you're getting something out of them. But to be honest, and I'm also basing it on my own experience, we go along with people out of a misplaced sense of politeness or obligation. And we got to stop doing this. I'm guilty of this, by the way. True that we say that it does not take up much time, but in reality, they add up to a lot of lost hours per week. <laughs> but this doesn't mean that we have to be rude to people. 
There are polite ways to cut a conversation, decline an event, or leave a group. The point here is that you owe yourself these options if your time would be better spent elsewhere. Another way is to scale things back. You can complete a call that usually takes 30 minutes and cut it down to 15 minutes, or reschedule that weekly conversation with your parents to a time that works better for you, one where you will feel energized by the call instead of rushed. In any case, this just shows that we have way more options than we think. Even when we do something, we still have a lot of freedom in how we do it. Take for example going to work. Let's say it takes about 40 minutes to get to work. And because of your circumstances, moving closer to work is not an option. You have a choice how to get there. Walking, commuting by public transportation, electric bike, car. Again, some options are better than others depending on what outcome you want. And let's say you have no choice but to go by car. That still gives you a lot of choices. Do you drive by yourself or do you join a carpool? If you're walking, what routes are you going to take? And even if that is not an option, you still have other choices to make. Do you listen to music, a podcast, talk on the phone, or stare into space? These actions, as small as they might seem, can significantly transform the time you spend in your commute. Music can give you relaxation time. Podcasts can give you learning time. Talking on the phone can give you social time or work time. Even the way you choose to walk or sit is an option. The options are endless when you look at it this way. Even if we work from home, we still experience numerous situations per day where we are waiting for something else to happen. Waiting for a meeting, waiting for a delivery, or the microwave to finish. So the question is, how do we fill up all that empty time? And if we're honest, the answer for most of us is not so well. And that's because of technology usage. Think about it. It's our default. When we have dead time, we use our phones. I mean, no one is forcing us to do this. But if we are mindful, we can use the time to put it to better uses. So to kick the habit, and this is not easy since I catch myself from time to time, but when we feel the urge to bring our phones out, we can take some deep breaths and start by asking ourselves, is there some urgent piece of information we simply must gain access right now? Or have we just become so uncomfortable spending time with our own thoughts or observing and connecting with the world around us? You know, just a quick side note. If it's really challenging to kick the habit, then use your habit, but change it a bit. So use your phone to read an ebook, write your thoughts in a journal on your phone, or follow accounts that help you learn or reflect on things. The key message is mindfulness can help us get more enjoyment out of the present moment. So the book mentions a very interesting way to practice mindfulness. When you're doing something or are somewhere, stop, look around, and think to yourself, this could be the last time I'm going to do this or the last time that I'll be here. It's funny and morbid, but it works. Notice how this suddenly shifts your perspective. And this is not just a mindfulness exercise. This can literally be the last time. I mean, we don't know. And that's the point. As cliche as it may sound, we should savor our moments as if they were our last. Because they very well could be. Okay, so let's talk about lighter things. You sit down for a meal and then the next thing you know, it's inside your belly. The experience didn't even register in your mind. Again, mindfulness will help you with this. It can actually slow down your experience of time. So anytime you want time to slow down, 
pay attention to every detail of what you are doing and the environment that you are in. Let's now move on from mindfulness. Here's a question that I laughed at that I can relate to very well. How do you spend your morning? Most people, including myself, spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Yes, the self-care feels good, but let's put aside the super long shower that you took and its environment and physical consequences. The question here is, is it a good use of your time? And most of us spend our time in the shower zoning out. And this is what I found very interesting in this book. For many of us, the bathroom or the shower is one of the few places where we have any sense of privacy. And it's also one of the few times in the day that we do something nice and relaxing for our bodies. In reality, we have a deficit of me time and we use the time we have in the bathroom as a way of compensating for it. And I was like, huh, yeah, that sounds like me. And the solution that was mentioned here is that we need to make better time for ourselves. Maybe there are better ways to relax and energize ourselves. Stretch heavy morning or even have your long shower every weekend, but have quicker showers on the weekdays. But at the end of the day, only you know what your body needs. So tune into yourself and figure out what works best for you. Of course, it's not all the time, but if you find that you are doing something too much, you may be compensating for something. Schedule me time into your days. Working out, going on walks, playing games, talking to your friends, spending time with family. None of these will happen unless you carve out the time to make them happen. You've got control. you got the power. Okay, so you literally cannot stop time like the title of the book mentions. But you can slow it down and get more out of it. Mindfulness and intention is key. By the way, don't try to do everything in the book in one go. The book mentions that it takes about 90 days of practice to internalize better habits of time usage. For example, on Monday, you can eat mindfully. Tuesday, identify the weeds in your life garden. Wednesday, listen to a podcast during your downtime, like the Daily Book Club. (laughs) Thursday, politely decline invites you don't need to be in. Friday, take a long bath. Saturday, talk to your friends. Sunday, think about the ROI of how you'll be spending your time the following week. The end result of all these is called time prosperity, where the limited time we have here on earth can serve us as much as it can. And that was Art of Stopping Time by Dr. Pedram Shojai. If you found this helpful, please share it with the people who you think would benefit from this. If you have book suggestions or you just want to say something, you can always message me on Instagram at daily. And if you have thoughts that you would like to share on social media about what you just listened to, You can do so with the hashtag Daily Book Club. Again, my name is Day, and thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, the audio experiment.